0: Good morning, South. Yeah, I seem to have lost my voice. <laughs> uh, give me a minute. Yeah, good morning, South. Isn't it a good day? Thank you, worship team. That was, uh, as usual, very good time of worship. Um... Yeah, he's a very good, good father. He's a good father. Amen? Amen. Today is Sunday, the Palm Sunday. Blessed Palm Sunday, the day we bless and rejoice. is the day the Lord has made. It begins for us the week of looking forward to what was going to happen at the cross, that we received salvation, eternal life. And today we celebrate as the... Jesus prepares to bring freedom into our lives. Amen? Amen. <laughs> yeah. I'm really trusting the Lord that I'll get through to this someone today. Yeah. Something has jacquarded my spirit, but it is well in Jesus' name. Amen? So we began um, last Sunday. On fatherhood. We began a new sermon on reflections of our father. Um, I don't know whether it was shared on the group, by the way. I forgot to check. Or oh, not yet. Okay, it will happen. So we started with a sermon series on who is your? Who is your daddy? And in that sermon series of last Sunday, we, talk, we addressed the issue of identity, being able to see God as our father, Abba. You well, guys remembering we are here last Sunday? About making the decision to be in relation with Him as your Father. We talked about that God calls us to root and found our identity in Christ. In in through Christ to make God our Father. For us to start engaging with the attribute of who God our Father is. So we recognize, let me just do a recap, we recognize that the challenge you normally have. Uh, In routine identity, God is engaging with the attribute of God as Father. We say there's a challenge in seeing God in that way as our Father. We talked about why there is a challenge, and we talked about the because of our desire to control and the barriers that have been created because of wounds of difficult relations we have had with our biological Father or Father figures. Remember that? We talked about that it was a call for each one of us to root the identity in God our Father, to realign ourselves to God the Father, ground your identity in a relationship with Him as your Father. So we see there was an invitation by God that He provided through Jesus Christ When not only do we get salvation, so eternal life is a guarantee once you get saved. But now we talked about how do you live an effective abundant life here on earth and the only way to do that, and I did say, is to actually also Not see God only as Lord, but to actually have a relationship with God as the Father. We talked about that. We said there was our response uh, that we needed to have in order to be in sonship. We we say that God is calling us to a place of sonship, and there was our response, a part that we needed to play. We mentioned three things that we could do. Who remembers? Followership, thanks Miriam. Or total dependency. And the last one was? And to honor God, to put God first and to live a life that glorifies God in all spheres. That was our first um, sermon of last Sunday to start us on the uh, (laughs) relationship series. Oh my God, you see why I am. Reflections of a Father. So to start us off, I want to say now what do uh, let me ask you a question. What do these movie characters have in common? Let me read them out. There's Star Wars in Star Wars looks Skywalker. How many guys know Star Wars? Hey, well done. Devi we one or two people? <laughs> Harry Potter. Aya, ah, yeah. you know Peter Pan. You know uh, Spider Man, see 'cause they're good enough, yes, I know Michelle Michelle know all of them. Dorothy in the wizard of oz and then Iron Man. You all guys know that. You all know those characters. So what do they have in common? They are superheroes, that's right. They were heroes in some ways. What else did they have in common? They made sacrifices. Uh Uh-huh. They wear costumes. Thanks, Frank. That's true. Most of them had costumes. They don't have a father figure. Thank you. And that's where we were going. All All these heroes had one thing in common, like a major theme in their lives. They all were fatherless. They all had difficult relationships with their fathers. So the culture today, we have to keep agreeing, resonates with fatherlessness, isn't it? It resonates with it. I mean, there was even an issue the other day, I think, on Twitter about some schools which do not allow single parents because there's no father. They do not allow kids to join it. I mean, the culture is just so loud about this lack of fathering and fatherhood. So even in this room, we do resonate with that. We agree. So this brings us to our topic of today. Today, I'd like us to focus on attitudes that can hinder us from getting the most out of this relationship with God as Father. Remember, we have already talked, we talked last week about seeing God, what holds us back from seeing God as our Father. That's what we talked about last week. So this, today, I want us to talk about the attitude that we would have. So we have accepted God is our Father, but there's a certain attitude that might hinder us from getting the most out of this relationship with God as our Father. So we'll focus more on what is called the orphan spirit. So the sermon for today for today is titled "Today, Today." <laughs> Come on, it's titled "Orphaned and Vulnerable." So first, let's define what an orphan spirit is. Now, the world, of course, um, biologically, uh, an orphan, is we understand it to mean individual with no parents. And I just want to say, for anyone who this word triggers as we go through this sermon today, I'll just, um, yeah, it may trigger the pain of that loss that has left you in that state that this become your title, but I want to say we are sorry for your loss, and my intention is not to cause pain. And I truly pray that the Lord will give you peace enough, even as you listen to this sermon, to engage with it. Amen? Amen. So the intention is not to hard. Just as in the Christian world, in the Christian term, the word orphan is used also for us who are Christians when we separate ourselves. In fact, let me give you what orphan spirit means to us as Christians. This refers to a spiritual condition in which some of us, Christians or believers, profess outwardly to know God as a father. So we are saying God is our father, but experience an internal contradiction to that belief. Can I say that again? This refers to a spiritual condition in which some Christians or believers profess outwardly to know God as father. So you have already accepted he's your father, but experience an internal contradiction to that be- belief. Deep down your struggle with, to comprehend that God loves you. That's what we mean by when you say an orphan spirit. They may have a feelings of abandonment, fear, unworthiness, or rejections. Are we together? This may be due to unhealed hearts from painful past experiences. So they think, talk, act, and feel is, as if they have no father who loves them. Now, they have already accepted God is my father, but they still operate from below that attribute of father. Because they feel, um, you know, he doesn't truly love me. They also tend to feel not good enough and strive to win the father's love by works. Amen? Encourage me, people. Thank you. So that's the description when you talk about an orphan spirit. So what does that look like? What does that look like? What are these attitudes? And we'll break them one by one to say these are the attitudes that can hinder you from actually now living out that thing that you're professing, that God is my father. He's my Abba father. I have rooted my identity into him. So what is those attitudes that we are going to Uh, and I want us to talk about them today. I think there are about four, but let me pray. Let me pray. (laughs) Father, I want to thank you for this morning. Thank you for a good day. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for your presence that started with us, even from the time of practice, just setting up, that this is a day that we rejoice in you, Jehovah King. We ask, Father, that you would hear this word, you would engage with it, it would convict us where we need to be convicted, and Father, Lord, that we will receive the invitation that you set before us today. We pray that there will be no hindrance or barriers in our minds and our hearts that would stop us from hearing what you have prepared for us this day. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So let's read from Luke 15. You know the story well. It's the prodigal son's story. Luke 15, from verse 11 to 32. So let me read. I'll read it once, because I know the story you have, so I won't go into it later. But that's why we are basing our sermon from today, our lessons from today, from this uh, scripture. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me sh- my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Um, His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his father, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. Hmm. Maybe that's what he was just like. What? When he came near the house, he had music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed a fattened calf because he has, he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitute comes home, you killed a fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he was found. Amen. Amen. So the story of the prodigal son is the story of two sons with an orphan spirit. That's what we are going to learn from them. What an orphan spirit looks for us. From these readings, we will discover several things about the orphan spirit. How it manifests in our lives and how we live it out. And we might discover you don't know you're living it out, but you could be living it out. So the first um, thing that, we're gonna talk about, that we are going to talk about, that an attitude that we have, is independence. Somebody say independence. independence. So this means that, that the first way we see here is what the son choosing to become independent of the father, now the prodigal son. We may not be clear about what triggered this move, but we can see a desire for independence. I mean he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, give me what is due. Give me my Lord. That can be described as an instinct to go to it alone. It's an instinct. We have an instinct to go to it alone, to do things by ourselves. The Bible, though, does tell us that this is our condition right from the beginning, right from the Garden of Eden. When the devil insinuated to Eve that God was lying to her, like it started way before. So you are in good company, Eve? Your ancestors started it all. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 4 says, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. Haki Eve. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. The idea was planted. Somebody say planted. And we have been reaping from that idea ever since. Because basically you're telling her, why should someone else determine how you live? I mean, surely. Yeah? With your whole brain, why should someone else be telling you how you live? The devil here introduced the notion that you are not loved. That the person who wants to determine your you live is not from a place of love. That he showed if you cannot trust God to have your best interests at heart, you, sh- you know better. In fact, there's a way to know Better. Find it out for yourself. The prodigal son really represents many of us who like you feel for one reason or the other that you are better off doing things your way for yourself. Does that thought cross your mind? Genuinely. Come on, people. Does that thought cross your mind? Hey, hey husband. Thank you, believer. It's true. Mm, what do you know? Like many times you actually think, I know better. We do. We have that attitude. The prodigal son, he was rejecting his father's love. So what he did there, the notion of wanting to go to be independent. He was rejecting his father's love, his father's care, his father's support, his father's guidance. All these things that we talked about, about the father last time that he is, the independent spirit makes us act to reject it. Do you get? Yeah. It makes us rejected. You see, even in the society now, we even talked about those heroes. We live in glor- to glorify independent people. Yeah, we live to glorify independent people. We think they are doing so well. All the heroes in our movies are people who refuse to follow instructions or to fit in. And we instead went ahead and did their own things. Nani na James Bond. I mean, he defies M. Every single turn. Every single turn, James Bond is defying him. Jack Bauer. He never did what he did. Never. He knew better. I mean, so the modern message is that everyone is called to their own thing. And there's something demeaning about fitting in and being part of something greater. Do you guys agree? Doesn't the society make us feel like that? That if you're conforming, you're for part of a team, it's like, I mean, you're not succeeding in life. Branch out. You must be innovating at all times. I mean, that's what we are told. And there's a place for it. But we are saying there's an element that brings independence that you don't even want to fit in anymore. You know, people are not listening or defying they're always on their own side. They don't understand, like these heroes, they didn't understand that M was on their side. I mean, wasn't he? Was it she? She is on, it was James Bond's side, always wanting the best for them. This was the same case with the prodigal son. The desire to fight for independence is one of the signs of the orphan spirit being at work. That innate desire. It's more than the desire to be in control. We talked about control last Sunday. It's the desire not to belong anywhere, to separate yourself from where you have been planted, or God has placed you and decide that you know better. Do you understand the definition for independence according to orphan spirit? It can have many and there's a place for it. But I'm saying within the orphan spirit, what the prodigal son shows us, it's a desire to not belong anywhere, to separate yourself from where you had been planted, or God had placed you and said that you know better. Me, I'm the one who knows better. The prodigal son did not want to be accountable to his father anymore. It's a place of no accountability. did not want to have his authority or covering over him, and he believed he would be much better by himself. What we see happens is that he became a wanderer. And that's what happens to people who go out on the independence. Without the covering removed, he became exposed to the world's cruelty, hardship, and was not able to cope. That's what happens to even a Christian who has professed God as their father, but you're choosing independence away from him. That you cannot be held accountable by God. You cannot be in fellowship because you'll be asked the hard questions. But you are saying, but God is my father. But the Lord is like, we have been called to fellowship, right? We have been called to be held accountable. This work is, working out your salvation is just not on your own terms. The Bible is there to guide us, and it has said some things about being in fellowship. Following God and his word and not making an excuse for it. Can you see how independent spirit operates under the orphan spirit? You out of it you become what? Exposed. Somebody say exposed. 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 The second thing that will happen under the offense spirit is offense. We see that the other thing that we look at today that brings on the offense is the is the offense that accrues. In the prodigal son story, the second son clearly had been carrying offense. Because when the brother returned, he was not happy that he was celebrated. He took offense that the brother who left is being welcomed. And even being welcomed, not even, uh, I think you'd have been happy if his brother was made a servant. Or he was actually asked, what do you think, child? My son has been with me. Let's discuss. This is your son. This is your brother. I think you'd have felt like, yeah, this is it. But now that he was not consulted. See, God consults nobody. If he decides to save Benson, we, despite what you know, you are that telling the Lord, I'm so offended. Me, I read the Bible better than him. And then there you are saying Elder Benson. You're seated here. So you are carrying offense without knowing you are carrying offense. Because you think you're better. You have achieved more. So he took offense because he was welcomed with celebration. His father didn't need to consult him. You guys see that? Because you're saying, me who stayed did not receive such treatment from you, father. You've never thrown me a bash. In fact, just to ask for money for pizza is like, come on. Or to have friends over, you're always there. What are these people doing here? That goat of mine, did you? I mean, I'm very sure that I I have scenarios. Because I know how, well, maybe I would react so he was offended by his father. He was carrying what? Offense. That is one attitude that can hold you from seeing God as father. You have offense that God did not come through for you. That you have been praying and praying. Then people come give testimonies. Namuliko we say, He's a good, good father. He's a good, good. But then someone gives a testimony. Hallelujah. You smile, but when you go to your room, somebody watch war room. It's a closet. When you enter that room, all you're writing on the walls is like, but then, Lord, you didn't. I have been here. You haven't. I have fasted. Somebody say fasting. I have fasted. But that person, Keshad. God saved Jana. Jana too, by the way. Eh? Josie too. Then I can come humbly. I don't even know how to pray. Please pray for me. I prayed for the person. <laughs> then you're telling the Lord, me, by the way, I'm offended. So you're not even telling the Lord you're offended. But because the Lord knows your heart, that thing is offense. Do you agree it's offense? That you're carrying offense? Hiya. Ah, yeah. The third thing that would stop you from living out what we said, that God is your father. Fear and insecurity. The spiritual orphan is unsure of his or her place in the family. You're unsure. This is a show from the second son's reaction. That he did not feel rooted as a son. He was feeling rejected and appreciated and his insecurity was not that of a son. But of one who was like a servant who was not sure they belonged to the family. When you're like that, when you have the orphans, you feel uncovered and unprotected. Your is to protect yourself and your position. but that, that's your instincts. Because fear and security is, is what is um, behind, you know, you serving in the kingdom of God. I want God to say, man, don't reject me. So you, you kind of cover yourself. You, you want to cover yourself. You want to protect yourself and your position in the family. That's why he was complaining. He had fear and because he had been working. Do you guys see that? He had been working. So he was feeling unappreciated. Now the son has come back and now his fear checked in. The way he's been celebrated, uh, it could mean again we are about to split everything that I've worked hard on. I don't want to share. Hmm? Fear and security set in. Yeah. This this one will become the favourite child. Are you thinking of a sibling? You are you seeing a sibling in your eye, at the corner of your eye? Has somebody remembered something? They walk around in their home. Hmm? And then they're thinking, this one is loved more than me. Which leads us to our fourth, performance orientation. Your attitude when you are doing just about performance. The spiritual orphan feelings of rejection leads one to believe that he or she must compensate. The word is compensate for the love of your father. By working hard or performing well in order to be recognized. So you feel you must be working hard for the love of God. So we already said the Lord has invited you through Christ, call me Abba Father. But you're feeling, I bado, I need to work so hard for it. So it's a place from working hard about performance. It is so sad that to think that this whole time the second son had been working hard to win his father's love and approval. I think there's nothing as sad as you working and serving in the kingdom of God to win God's love, which was so freely given, which is so about grace. That it's so about grace. I think nothing makes me sad than to, to recognize that in people. They are beating themselves up. They fell asleep in the middle of prayer. For 55 vikers, and Verimo is gone. <laughs> then you wake up feeling, oh God, I failed. You, the whole day, you miss the grace of God because you're there punishing yourself. I mean, it's just so sad. So we say number one is what? Independence. Brings out the orphan spirit. Number two? Offense. Number three? Fear and insecurity. And number four? Performance orientation. Let me say something about offense. Because offense is one of the things that really takes root. If there's one thing that can get you out of living out your father's love, the way he intended it, is the offense that you carry. Let me tell you, unforgiveness is a total barrier to God's blessings over your life. He even put it in our Lord's Prayer. It really is a total barrier. And while I say this, knowing very well there is evil in this world, I do say there is nothing you cannot forgive. In Christ, there is nothing you can't forgive. Is there a restoration of some relationship? Maybe not. Is there a full reconciliation? Maybe not. But do you forgive and not carry offense? The Holy Spirit is capable of allowing you to live like that. Somebody say Amen. If you really believe that, there's nothing that the Holy Spirit cannot allow you to forgive. Offense is just one of our worst barriers in living out God's loving care over us. And this offense comes in many ways in our families, whether it's biological or even as believers. You know, people are not perfect. In those two spaces, guys are not perfect. Even in your workspaces, because it's human beings. Relationships are not; they are not perfect. In every family, there are plenty of opportunities for people to hurt and wound each other. Do you agree? Plenty. Could be just one comment, and that day last week you heard it, it didn't bother you. This week you hear it. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm? You just can't, you know, take it. So there's every opportunity for your family to hurt, you, even in DG groups. Let me just tell you, you'll get hurt. You'll take offense. I wrote my prayer request. Nobody responded until six, seven hours later. And then when Linda writes, everybody, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, then you're like, why me? Why me? Offense sets sin. Feelings. Hmm? It's true. In our subgroup of South, you post your thing, nobody that day is the day, guys are busy. Unfortunately. (laughs) Then you're just like, Yanni, Yanni, Yanni. Then Boulevard posts, Mcheko, Mcheko, Mcheko. If your joke has been left, then you carry offense on your fellow believers. Let's just agree. Offense, we can find it, eh? But then again, what we are saying with offense, it will stop, it's a barrier. It's not the other person who's stopping the blessing of God moving in your life. Who is stopping it? Yeah. And you see some of these things are about high expectations. You set on other human beings. And yet they will let you down. Other offenses had nothing to do with you like that one. Nothing to do with you. Maybe there's no data. Maybe there's no data. That's No one had data. You don't know. But people, are just, people just get so It becomes a thing that you keep carrying and saying, South doesn't love me. Let me check out from South. And last been seen, headed. East. <laughs> True. So the truth really is, let me just finish on about offense. Me, I feel this offense. My DJ is reading the beat of Satan. Hallelujah. It's about offense. And hopefully we'll be doing it soon as a series. Now the truth really is because we are human, you cannot be in a real relationship with someone without them offending you. Agreed? One way or? So offense is natural. It's natural for one to be offended, so we are not saying you not get offended. It becomes what you call an offense spirit when you allow it to fester, you get. When you allow it to sit in, leading to bitterness, then it leads you to isolation, which eventually becomes what the, a way that Satan disconnects you from the family. Can I repeat that about offense? We'll get into it in a couple of months. The offense spirit is what festers. It's not that you got offended, now you're carrying the offense spirit. It will fester then leading you to bitterness and forgiveness, then isolation, which eventually the Saturn is like, welcome, my child. Disconnects you from your family. It will disconnect you from your future, your purpose, your destiny. If you don't believe me, try it. (laughs) No, please don't try it. We love you. We love you. So even as we talk about the just think is offense the main one? Is independence the main one? Is, am I performance-oriented? Is fear and security creating a barrier that does not allow me to celebrate and live in the fullness of God, Abba, Father, in the fullness, in all his graces? Is it that is causing a barrier? We already know the devil has been contacted, tactics, so you won't leave you alone. Challenges will be there. Right? Persecution will be there. But look inward and ask yourself. So today this is what, and yeah, today will be the shortest sermon ever. This is what I want to invite you guys to hear the Father's invitation today. Like the prodigal son's father. He's waiting, standing at the gate. He's speaking to you who have been with him? You have been with him. Come sit with me. You are the prodigal son. He's saying, welcome. I'm inviting you. I'm at the gate. Come. He's saying, come, my son. He's saying, come, my daughter. Are you hearing the invitation? Come, my son. Come, my daughter. The reaction or the way the father in that story responds to both sons shows us how God our father responds and desires for us to be in relation with him. It really does show that. God is quick to welcome us back when we return to the family. Hallelujah. There is hope, people. God is quick to welcome us back to the family. He does not hold it against us. And is eagerly awaiting for us to choose to restore our relationship with him. Hallelujah. He's not holding it against us. This morning, that is the invitation he's giving us. He showed us that the love of God our Father is ours by grace and mercy, not by works. Like the second son, we should be assured of God's love through Christ and serve and live in his kingdom from a place of relationship, not performance. Last week I said fatherhood is relational. Let nobody lie to you. It's relation. That's why it's an invitation. That's why Jesus had to die. Otherwise, it have been, we would still be at Lord, Lord, Lord. God, King, Bowen. Noah would have happened several times. Who knows that? Yeah, Noah would have happened several times. Now, we would be telling ourselves we after Noah. This is what generation. Like Noah, season one, Noah, season two, Noah, season that two. For the Koreans, Noah, season one oh five. Eh? I mean, that's what would be happening. So he showed us that the love of God, our fathers, is ours by grace and mercy, not by works. May you be assured of God's love through Christ and serve in his kingdom from a place of relationship, not performance. A place of sonship and not to the mentality of servanthood. Mabuno South. Are you hearing? My praise that we would all know that we are loved. We are not servants. We are sons and daughters. We are called to sonship. You see, God did not intend for any of us to be orphans in his kingdom. There was no such intention of God. In fact, this is the perfect week. What happens at the cross allowed us to be adopted into his family? There are no orphans in God's kingdom. The two sons have shown us that we become orphans in God's kingdom by choice and not by the design or desire of Abba Father. Amen? It's, we beca- it's our choice. And not by the design or desire of Abba Father. Did the Lord know that it would be hard? Yes. Did He send help to us? Yeah. The Holy Spirit is at work in us. Jesus, speaking to His followers, said, "Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever." That's John eight thirty-five. That now a slave has no permanent place in the family. If you really can, if these things are at work in your life. This verse is telling you, you are a slave. It's telling you you are what? So there is no permanent place for you in the family of God. And that's why the devil can chase you however way he likes. But a son belongs to it forever. May there be a mind shift in Jesus' name. In us all. Even in me. In us all. When I was doing this sermon, I was really praying for myself. In us all, in actual fact, God says He's father to the fatherless and declares that he will never leave us as orphans. I've said that. We are the ones who walk away. So this is what Abba, our father's invitation is. Just listen to this. Our father's invitation is to a place of security in his love, care, and constant oversight. I'm gonna read four things from scripture. This is Matthew 10, 29 to 31. When you read it, basically it's saying our father's invitation to a place of security in his love, care, and constant oversight. So your prayer becomes: Lord, may I know you as Abba Father? May your love, care, and oversight be on me. Matthew 10:29 to 31. The other invitation is. To experience the fullness of undeserved grace and favor. So you're asking the Holy Spirit, Father, may I experience the fullness of your undeserved grace and favor. You already know it's, you're not deserving of it. That's Ephesians 1.6. The other invitation is one of welcome and embrace to a place of belonging in his family. Father, may I belong in your family. Father, I desire to belong in your family. May I live out in the fullness of being in your family. Ephesians 1.5 Our Father's invitation today is a place of unconditional acceptance and rest in our unique God-given identity. Somebody say amen. It's a place of unconditional acceptance. So there are no conditions attached to this. There's a response, and we said last time. But because of free will, it's why it's a response. We said honoring God, total dependency, followership. That's part of our response. Then you ask the Lord, so how does it look for me? How have you prescribed it in the Bible? That's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. Did I say I was coming to the end? I'm just scrolling, I'm seeing more and more. (laughs) I've become those preachers. Hiya! So in conclusion, (laughs) round two, the greatest gift known to humankind is to accept, receive, and walk in the love of the Father. Amen? Is to accept, receive, and walk. So you accept, you receive it, and walk in the love of the Father. Who so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that we may not perish or waste our lives away, but experience the abundant life that only our defi- eh, defi- divine father can give. Purity mm. Nyombe. Today is that one. I leave them to Pastor Angie. I don't know how I've owned them today. This is what he's saying that we may not perish or waste our lives away. Do you know you can be a born-again Christian and you're wasting away? Do you guys know that? You're wasting away. You live with offense. You're independent. You're just murmuring. There's a verse that I love in the word, and I just didn't write it. I've just remembered, about contentment. Let me tell you, to be a Christian, a fully matured son in the kingdom of God, If contentment is not your part of your life, you're wasting away. Reason being that we'll never be equal on earth. We'll never be? We'll never be equal on earth. We are the same and equal in God's eyes. But on earth, because this is not his kingdom, we normally invite his kingdom and then we leave it out. will never be equal. So if you don't have contentment in your walk, in the assurance that the Father is your loves you and your identity is rooted in him, you'll be wasting away. Because your purpose will be mean. Mm. The joy will be mm. it's conditional. It's not joy, it's just happiness. Because it's conditional. It's circumstance. I'm not saying you won't have sadness. Remember what I said about offense? Festering. Nothing of staying in that negative place. I truly believe if God is your father, contentment is your portion. In Jesus' name. You accept his love, then you accept the path that he's created and will ask you to walk in. Allow him to surprise you. I love what Pastor Angie says. Live in expectation. You always hear her. This week, uh, last week, is it this week on Monday? Last on Monday when we were doing our prayer day, and we came to this verse, and the version that I love was like confident expectation. I was like, well, let's add the word confidence. Like hello? just not expectation. But now I'm walking the confidence that my father above father have expectation on him, but it won't leave me just seated on my caroom waiting for this expectation. I will live out in joy. I will seek His peace. I will be content. I don't live in Karen. If He moves me to Karen, great. Actually, I don't want to live in Karen. <laughs> eh? It's cold. I agree. I like cold weather, but I don't want to live in Karen. Nataka Kashamba connect now? I mean, it's just knowing that you are accepted. Please do not waste your lives. If this sermon series doesn't do anything. Well, it should do many things. (laughs) But it should also allow you to see, am I wasting my life by living outside God's love and his fatherhood? Am I wandering out of God's fatherhood? Am I? I don't know where my notes were. So in John 14, uh, verse 15, it says to 21, where he left us with the Holy Spirit, I actually mentioned it, who is constantly with us, to ensure that we stay connected, knowing that we are loved and accepted. Also, to live out through our lives here on earth, yeah? In contentment, in joy, in peace, in that acceptance. It says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept Him, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Amen? On that day, you realize that I am in my Father and you are in me. And I am with you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father... And I too will love them and show myself to them. Amen? The one who loves me will be loved by my father. It's just not encouraging and comforting. And I too will love them and show myself to them. In conclusion, <laughs> at number. How do we break the spirit from our lives? At least let me share a few things. First, it's important to know that the prodigal son shows that, showed us that his pain, when he went to under rain, he became no food, no roof, clothes are tattered. So that just pain can be used to bring us back to our senses. So I just want to say this, there's pain in all of us in one way or the other. But it actually, like the prodigal son, can bring us back to the fold of the family. It should not keep you away. Because many times that's what happens. It keeps you away from receiving this love. Last week we talked about wounds or challenges with our earthly fathers. The issues that arise from carrying these wounds. So this pain today we can lead you to reconnecting back to God as your father by surrendering it to God. So, we are going to enter into a small, uh, short time of prayer where I want you to first surrender. If you have any pain, ask the Lord. We have just had Holy Spirit is at work. I want to surrender my pain to God. By making a conscious decision to ask God to help you today, to forgive even your earthly father, to forgive anyone that you consider has hurt you in a fatherly manner, include your mother, basically, parenting someone with authority that you had already submitted yourself to. To let go, even for those who have already forgiven, but you're like, ah, I still have this thing, I can't call them. You, you profess, I forgive. But when you hear the unwell, you're like, I'll pray from where I am. Isn't it true? That's what we do. It's, it's who we are. So I want us to ask God, help me to let it go. Ask God to heal you of the pain. Today, choose to surrender that relationship with your earthly father to God. Oh, as I said, spiritual authority, leader, CEO, whoever you feel mentored you and caused a pain in you that has broken this fatherhood idea and that God intended for us to have, not only with him, but even in people around us. But when it's broken in that way, it affects your fatherhood relationship with God. Amen. Amen. Remember, do not seek to come back to the family as a servant. Please, do not pray and tell the Lord come to allow me to sweep only. Do not have the servant mentality. Again, now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Amen? So, we are going to enter into a space where, as we sing, I surrender. If you have been having an independent spirit... Maybe you, because you have been let down before by people who well, should have been your fathers, as I've said, ask the Lord to forgive you and to help you. To help you get unstuck. To turn back to God. If it's offense that has dogged you, you didn't even know you were carrying offense until as I started saying about the South WhatsApp group. Maybe up on or too. You know from your thoughts about that sibling. So you know you're loved. Ask God to help you today. As Robbie comes up and his team to sing I surrender I don't think uh, Michelle wants me to sing, hallelujah. <laughs> Would you surrender your pain, your control, your orphan spirit mentality? Would you ask God to reveal himself to you as Abba Father? Would you receive the love of God, your Abba Father? Would you receive this invitation? You know, when what you have what was I trying to say here? Only when a person is healed of fatherlessness through the love of God is that the orphan spirit is broken so that they can begin the process of entering mature sonship when it's broken, when you confess it, when you surrender it. Romans 8 it says the entire universe, like for real, the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. A time is coming when this world will be. this world will come to be. A time is coming. Would you be counted as one of them? Would you be counted as one of them? So if you want to start from a place of salvation also, just tell the Lord, today I want to give my life to Christ. If it's rededication, do it. Ask the Lord. Just close your eyes. Ask the Lord, let me not serve in fear. It's not about performance. Then at the end of your prayer, accept God's love. Then I shall pray.
1: Oh, to Jesus I Speed.
0: But Father, oh Father, we surrender. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus.
1: I surrender. Bless your name, Jesus. Oh, to be my.
0: just open up your mouth and surrender. Accept God's love this afternoon. Just pray and thank the Lord for his love, that he loves you so. You are called to sonship. You're called to sonship. Receive his love. Hallelujah blessed is your stature is pokoshitisi Oh Hallelujah is your stature is pokorishitisi Hallelujah is your stature is kerese pokoshi may all people receive your love Oh Hallelujah is your stature Hallelujah Oh receive it receive it do not leave here without asking for forgiveness Do not live here without asking for forgiveness. Without rededicating your love and saying, Father, I desire to know you as my Abba. Again, the call root yourself in that identity. Oh, we bless your name. Blessed be thy name, Jesus. Blessed be thy name, Jesus. I want you to pray for yourself. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. Oh, we call you Abba Father this afternoon. We call you Abba Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we do surrender. We surrender any offense that we have carried, we surrender any notion of orphan spirit in us we surrender father and we ask that the Holy Spirit will do a new work in us will continue to reveal himself in us O oh Jehovah God that we will live our lives from a place of an abundance full of all your graces Abba father that our lives will not be wasted but there will be lives of purpose glorifying you, honoring you in fellowship with you, in followership with you. Total dependency is our posture. Father, may you reignite the fire in us that as we receive your love this afternoon, that we walk in it, we live in it, we breathe in it. We receive your love. We are not slaves, we say. We have the confidence in this. We are your children. Father, and I pray for every word that has been mentioned. For everyone who has said you are Abba, Father. That this week there will be a tangible experience. A tangible experience. A manifestation of how you are Abba, Father to them. There will be no doubt of why that has happened to them. It is because you love them. They will understand grace and mercy in ways that they haven't before. They will understand your love. They will understand you as Father. Father, there will be testimony for everyone hearing me this morning, this afternoon. And there will be no doubt about it. We thank you, Jesus. We honor you. We glorify you for your word. You are a good good father. Oh you are a good good father. We bless you Jesus, we bless you We bless you Jesus. We honor you Father, we bless your name. in Jesus name we have prayed. Amen. 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 And we, as we have come to the end of our service today, may I ask us all to stand up. And may we say the grace, the grace together, and the grace
1: of our Lord Jesus Christ,
0: and the love of God, And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And forevermore. Amen. 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 You are blessed. And you are loved and accepted. Leave this service today knowing that's who you are. You are a child of the Most High. He is your Abba Father. God bless you guys. See you next Sunday. Easter Sunday. Awesome. God bless you.